everyone uh, this is rohit with another episode of the identity navigator thank you for tuning in and hopefully you all had a great thanksgiving for people who are based out of us and for people outside of us hope you had a good weekend my thanksgiving was uneventful thank you for asking uh, uh so cannot complain that's that's a good thing uh, apart from this i was on pto for a uh, couple of days last week so was able to disconnect so that's really good uh, and this time i i was uh, you know pto i was browsing through a ton of internet basically watched a ton of reels and looked at a lot of buzz feed articles and and that gave me an idea of recording an episode in types of buzz feeds so this is what we are going to do today uh, so it is more of a funny take on 50 signs that your information security program professionally sucks that means it has got all the bells and whistles you have got all the check marks checked out you have got all the t's crossed and i's dotted but it sucks and you will know what i mean when i when i walk through all those 50 steps or 50 points with you but before that uh, a word from our sponsor i am just pulling your leg there is no sponsor this is just me sitting in my basement recording this uh, podcast and uh, just just talking to you all uh, this is a way of communicating to you all so there is no sponsor uh, yet All right. Uh so let's get into this. 50 signs that your information security program professionally sucks. Number 1. Your GRC folks or the information risk folks cite the regulations all the time, you know, NYDFS, SOX, HIPAA, blah blah blah. But they can't explain those regulatory compliance requirements. what do they actually need number 2 they would blame the users the security teams or trust the users to follow directions number 3 have you seen teams or maybe your company using security templates without any context of your company without taking in your plan about the company culture the company processes it's just generic security templates number 4 does your company jump into a full blown adoption of frameworks such as iso 27001 even before any groundwork has been carried out or before any readiness analysis has been carried out it could be any such framework they just jumping both feet in do you create security policies that you cannot enforce or have not even thought about how would you enforce them number 6 do you enforce policies that are not properly approved or vetted by different teams and stakeholders and governance and steering committees number 7 is your security architecture and the team that create policies to siloed teams they may know of each other but they work in silos do you create a security policy just to mark a checkbox so that if somebody asks do you have a policy you say yes 
Number 9. Do you pay someone to write your security policy without any knowledge of your business or processes? 10. Can all of your employees find the policies? Number 11. Do you assume that the policies that worked for you last year they will be valid for the next year or this year? Number 12. Do you understand that compliance is secure or compliance means that you are secure? Lucky number 13. Does your company or you assume that policies don't apply to executives? or business that's bringing in money or business executives who are bringing in money number 14 do you often have conversations blaming the auditors mm-hmm. you know who you are all right do you deploy a security product out of the box without tuning it or customizing it to your needs because customization means you won't be able to upgrade it so you don't really know what customization is you just use the product out of the box is your security event management tool too noisy or too quiet number 17 Do you consider total cost of ownership while buying security products? Do you consider the maintenance and implementation cost? 18. You run regular vulnerability scans but don't follow through on the results. 19. Do you let your anti-malware log management and other security tools run on autopilot? Hmm. And this is something that I have seen so very often. Do you employ multiple security technologies without understanding how much each of them contributes or how each of them contributes? You have this siloed shiny objects of multiple security technologies, but there is no framework or common strategy tying them together. There is no uh, bigger picture. 21 do you focus on widgets while omitting to consider the importance of maintaining accountability 22 do you buy expensive products when a simple and cheap fix may address 80% of the problem because you want to highlight those edge cases and showcase how complex your environment is and and how messy your processes are 23 oh we are actually running through this list do you attempt to apply the same security rigor to all it assets regardless of their risk profile so let me guess you might have a program to identify all it assets it's not there yet and everything is using the same security rigor because everything needs to be secure 
do you make someone responsible for managing risk but don't give the person any power to make decisions don't have the right visibility they don't have the right executive power but they are responsible for managing risk 25 do you expect the engineering teams to work on all shiny security things that you just read on google or maybe a consultant pitched those to you over a fancy bottle of wine 26 do you classify all data assets as top secret because hey data is king 27 you have all these system application and security logs but there is no process to review them 28 do you expect your end users to forego convenience in place of security 29 do you lock down the infrastructure so tightly that getting work done becomes difficult 30 and this is sometimes worn as as a badge of honor by security teams is your default no do you say no whenever asked to approve a request or provide an exception 31 do you impose security requirements without providing the necessary tools and training i see that as shifting the blame because hey we have the security requirements it's up to you now to implement them but have you really provided the necessary tools and trainings and identified their own the business priority identified the time taken to understand the technology and then implement the technology 32 do you focus on preventive mechanism while ignoring detective controls 33 Either you have no DMZ for internet accessible servers or you have no security controls for those DMZ separately defined And in some cases don't even know whether we have an DMZ or not 34 Do you assume your patch management process is working without checking on it 35 and i don't really blame you for it because the cost of data storage has gone just exponentially high but then do you delete logs because they get too big to read or retain 36 and i have seen this being done multiple times even in companies with good security programs do you expect ssl to address all security problems with your web application 37 is a classic do you ban the use of external usb drives while not restricting outbound access to the internet 
do you think usb is the only way to get data out from the laptops or workstations 38 ah and and this is such a common occurrence and you would know that you don't have to lie but do you act superior to your counterparts on the network system admin and development teams 39 do you stop really deep diving into new technologies and attack patterns so you have superficial knowledge but you have really stopped learning and getting into the nitty gritties of it your source of information is coming from the vendors or consultants rather than your actual efforts being put into it by your own learning 40 and this is just because you know it's it there is so much conflict of interest out there but do you adopt hot new it or security technologies before they have had a chance to mature 41 and this is a pet peeve of mine like do you hire somebody just because they have a lot of certifications i'm not saying certifications are essentially good or bad but they in themselves do not mean a lot 42 you have specialized teams and you don't cross train the it and security staff because there is always more to do 43 Do you require your users to change passwords too frequently? You know that is an anti-pattern, right? 44. Do you expect your users to remember passwords without writing them down? You do, right? Do you have an enterprise vault? If not, yes, you do expect your users to remember passwords without writing them down. 45. Do you impose very complex password selection requirements? Hey, 20 character password is secure than 5 character passwords, right? And we change it every month or every quarter, that's bound to be secure. Do you use the same password or system that differ in risk exposure or data criticality? Forty-seven. Do you impose password requirements without considering the ease with which a password could be reset? Do you have a password reset program? Have you thought through all the use cases? User forgets the password. User loses the cell phone. User gets a new cell phone. User is in an area where there is no service. Uh, user is in a geographical location where you have. Uh, use the conditional access policies to block login. Then the last three are obviously related to identity and access management because how can I have a podcast without men- mentioning I am? 
does your im team really have executive buy in does the people sitting on the executive table understands i am 49 do you expect your im team to solve for all edge cases to make stakeholder happy and implement the processes that are existing in the companies today but just a centralized version of them and number 50 you do not include the im team in technology strategic discussions you talk so much about identity is the new parameter identity is the new fabric and blah 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 but if your im team is not there when you are creating those strategic technology uh, roadmaps i hate to say it but you have a information security program that professionally sucks all right so uh, given that this week was short i did not get a bunch of time to research but i am really working on some cool ideas uh, specifically one that i'm really fascinated about uh, artificial intelligence and how to leverage that uh, in iam uh no fancy stuff how do we really get to the brass and text and implement some ai use cases within iam so working on that stay tuned uh hopefully i will be able to get that to you all very soon also i just want to take a moment to thank you to all the 50 people who have subscribed to my podcast so you are the greatest 50 people who have ever walked this earth and i really appreciate it uh But on a serious note, thank you for subscribing. Uh, this really does uh, makes me feel good and makes me feel heard. Well, that is it. Uh, thank you for listening. You can always reach out to me via LinkedIn. I am very responsive there. Or you can always email me. I have got bunch of great queries uh, on my email. Uh, I have been able to. respond to them relatively quickly so thank you for sending the emails the folks that have had uh my email is the identity navigator which is the identity navigator at gmail.com so absolutely feel free to reach out uh, give me your suggestions what do you want to hear about what do you not want to hear about uh, anything that i could be doing differently anything that you want to learn about or anything that you want to teach me uh always here to hear your constructive criticism and accolades in in some cases uh well that is it uh, thank you all for listening uh, this is rohit your identity navigator <laughs>